Listener Production. Just like that craving for a saucy sausage roll after last night to get the new day rolling. What was I thinking? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Checking your watch, don't worry, darling. Um, I was meant to go watch it. Really? Yeah. But I bailed. What why'd you bail? Because a childhood dream came true. Oh, you're joking. Mate, I'll tell you about it in a second. Oh, uh, what? Well, look, are you okay, going to go see it? People said it. People said some interesting comments about it. There, there's been a lot of. I mean, I'm I'm just as equally involved in the scandals off screen. Bron, are you are you across them all? Yes, and I cannot wait to see it. Even though the reviews are a bit hit or miss. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw pictures of Harry and Olivia having a little smooch after a date recently. Everyone thought that maybe they weren't seeing each other, but. Apparently they're back, uh, you know, enjoying each other's companies. And uh, did you see the crew from the film releasing a statement saying, hey, all this business about people acting unprofessionally, etc., it's not true, which is huge. I mean, just to get 40 people in the same room to do anything these days is hard. So is it an open letter from the crew of yeah. the movie? Yeah, 40 crew members saying, hey, look, we were there, and whoever this source is that said that there was, you know, imp- unprofessional business and blah, 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 it's not true. That's, I mean, yeah, it would be difficult to get 40 people to sign it. Are we thinking publicity stunt? I don't know. It's a pretty weird way to promote a film. Yeah. Although, mind you, I'm talking about it. <laughs> so, mission accomplished. That's it. Well, thank you for joining us on All Day Breakfast, no matter where you are in the world. I think um, everyone on good terms here so far at the, the crew. Bron, no issues? So far, so good. Okay. Matt, you're, you're good? I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, that's enough. I am done with this production. No, actually, I'm not going anywhere because I want to hear about your childhood dream coming true. Well, that's coming up next as part of this, a special Thursday episode of All Day Breakfast. Hello. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Matt O'Kine, have you ever had your childhood dreams come true? Have I ever? I'm doing what what I do. Exactly, working with Alex Dyson. I know... (laughs) I know you were a listener back at the day when me and Tom Ballard were doing it and when the call comes through, you could not believe yourself <laughs> that you could be up there with, it wasn't even the Rat Dog Dice, and you helped um, popularise that nickname uh, once it was texted through to the text line. But um, no, sort look, it's of. an honour. It is an honour, man, every day to, uh, to do this with you. Yeah, so, I mean, why? Have you had a, a childhood fantasy come true? Yeah, last week. Holy moly. I didn't talk about it because it's like... Who replied to your fan mail? <laughs> Nikki Webster? She finally replied? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I mean, asking for some strawberry kisses Anne for a Marie? very long time. Anne-Marie from Agros finally got back to you? <laughs> um, not, no, not yet. She's still um, leaving me on red. But I did get a message um, from good friend of All Day Breakfast, an absolute superstar, Ooh. not only person, but footy player for the Collingwood Football Club, Darcy Moore. Um, (gasps) Legend. Shout outs, because he will be listening. And said, oi, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, the old W-Y-D. And it's (laughs) it's always nice to get a uh, a W-Y-D tomorrow as opposed to, you know, a W-Y-D at 2 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's always, it's it's a lot more, um, oh my God. (laughs) 
Oh my god! What's happening? I'm literally What's talking happening? about this right now, and outside the studio. <laughs> okay. What's happening? Well, is I'm there talking, some sort of surprise I'm happening on about, Matt and Alex? I'm literally talking about Darcy Moore right now, and yeah. into the studio walks yeah, right. um, fellow oh, okay. Collingwood Footy Club club player Mason oh, Cox. Good day, mate. <laughs> hey, what's up, <laughs> Mason? I'm just oh wild, wild how these things work. I, that's amazing. This wasn't set up. No, not at all. I was just literally getting a, a tour of SEA, and I was like, oh, who knows? Alex is just hanging out here. Let's we'll come I on the show for a bit. <laughs> I literally said to Matt that Darcy Moore messaged me last week and yeah. said what you're doing. And um, the next day I met you. Yeah, absolute legend, Darcy Moore. And then uh, you met the whole fam. You met the whole family, actually. We all went out and had a few drinks. And, Matt, um, I, he killed the DJ set. Have we got into this? I I said, what are you doing? Do you want to come and DJ the Collingwood Footy Club Mad Monday? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the next day. It was it a was wacky epic. Wednesday. It was wacky nice. Wednesday, yeah. It was, seriously, he killed the set, too. I'm just saying, like, he had the boys up on tables and chairs and benches. It was wild. What, what, was the, what, what do you reckon was the most fire that uh, Daiso... <laughs> Right. Oh, the biggest fire. Uh, I don't even know. Like, love the Kanye West. He like kind of brought back a little bit of nostalgia with it, you mm. know, a bit of that. Um, mm. Well, the first thing I did when I had found out this was happening but 12 hours after the text that happens. was that try, happen. and, try and search Calling Footy Players' favorite songs. And I think one of the big ones that's jumped out with to me was Captain Scott Pendlebury's favorite song. Oh, was the that one, yes. Conor McGregor walkout music for the mm. UFC. Oh, is that is that like a licensed track, or is it just some sort of like Conor specialty that he's whipped up? No, it's it takes some old Irish it's song, notorious. It's like some Irish song that turns into notorious, hypnotized by the notorious oh, Big, and it's epic. Yeah. We used to we used to go out to that song because obviously Captain gets you know. First dibs whenever it comes to the songs going out to the uh, to the game, but that used to be our like intro song into the games, and he played it, and everyone lost their shit. Like, uh, so we can the show. I'm not sure. And it went off, and at the very ends. Now this is a four hour set. This is the longest set I've ever played. It was epic though. At the very ends, um, Darcy presented me with a Collingwood jumper and said, "So I put on good old Collingwood forever, the rock version." And then the boys lifted me up in the middle and I like crowd surfed on the Collingwood team. He got like cheered like, off. Oh my. <laughs> and I was like, what? This is a childhood <laughs> dream come true. Oh gosh. And base, gold. I didn't get quite as high, even on top of the, the boys. I didn't quite get up to your six foot ten. No, no, um, no. Well, you know, if I lifted you up, you would have gone through the roof. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky there was that. a ceiling fan. You would have uh, ended up chopped suey. Luckily, after my set, there was no roof left. And so um, mm, we would have been true. safe. <laughs> Man, absolutely but, um, killed it. Well, thank you very much for having I, me down, Mason. Hey, hey. <laughs> Great to meet your family too. You met my family. I met your sister. Lovely lady. Um, yeah, came along to the, um, well, the after drinks. I'm glad because I wasn't going to believe anything that Alex Dyson said. He Mason, killed it. Hey, now... man, this is coming from, hey, I was there. I was living it. I was there, man. He absolutely oh murdered the set. Absolutely <laughs> murdered it. That was it. Well, what hire him again for next year? Next year you're coming, yes? I'll be in. Sold. If you're right now, <laughs> this has just been agreed on. You're coming to next year's Mad Monday or Wacky Wednesday. All right. Well, Matt, if you're in town, you can come, come along too. And All we'll, right, um, I'm in. I'm in as well. All right. Yes. Well, look, thank you, Mason and Alex Dyson. I mean, Mason, good to work on your podcast as well, brother. Thanks, hey, thanks for the little plug. <laughs> <laughs> He's real subtle about it. The Mason Cox Show. Well, I was going to say, we have to get Spotify. you on. Who knows? Maybe a listener will buy it out. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> the Mason but, um, Cox Show. Yeah, yep. check it out on all the socials and jazz. If you get on it now, pump that price before mm. um, before people pick it up. That's yeah, perfect. 100%. Brilliant. <laughs> this right, is a wild scenario. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Unreal.
Well, Matt, we had such a great conversation with our next guests when their podcast launched in 2021. Can you believe now, Come Out Wherever You Are is up to season four. So why don't we welcome back to All Day Breakfast, Sean Zepps. G'day, Sean. G'day. Thanks for having me. How are you? We're so excited. I mean, in such a great format for a podcast as well. You publish twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Wednesdays, you interview people from the LGBTQIA plus community. And then on Fridays, you ask some queer questions. I do. And some of these questions, I mean, looking at like the first few episodes that you've got, uh, okay, here's a couple of examples. Is monkeypox a gay disease? Why is everyone talking about Singapore? What if you're not a top or a bottom? Can you be non-binary and straight with Sandy, Mac- with Sandy <laughs> McIntyre? I mean, these are, I, I, I don't, I'm interested in knowing all these, the answers to all these questions. Good. That so means we're doing something right. Should we, should we dive into one of them? What, I mean, what, what out of those did you like talking about the most? I find anything that makes the average person a little bit uncomfortable is a topic that I would like to go deep down. Talking about tops or bottoms and sides is something that makes the average straight person a little icky because they know it's inappropriate and they're not sure if they're allowed to ask it, but they also know that gay people talk about it all the time. And so I love that. I love that I can intellectually do a deep dive into why we use those words and why maybe the queer community is trying to break away from them. Wow, that, that, that's Let's do it if we can. Like, it's yeah. been interesting coming through watching a lot of comedy and queer comedians talk about it. There can be a lot of punchlines that get a lot mm. of jokes. But yeah, obviously, um, it's you know not used in the heterosexual community quite as much. It is yeah. sexual in nature. So if you're not up for that at the moment, listening to All Day Breakfast, feel free to skip forward. But uh, <laughs> if you are curious as to what these words mean, mm. why don't you tell us, Sean? So the reason we're talking about this right now is uh, the most popular queer uh, sex app, which is called Grinder, has just introduced a new label called Side. And Side basically means anyone, no matter their sexuality, who actually isn't interested in the full kit and caboodle, who is totally fine having connections that don't involve what we would deem the word sex, right? Um, I'm not sure if I can use all the words here, so I'm just going to be a little sure. more broad. You can imagine what I'm talking about here. Do you know what? I genuinely just thought it was people who had sex Lying on their sides. Oh. (laughs) Then you should turn into the episode. (laughs) Really? I was like, you're either on top, you're either on bottom, or you're lying on your sides. And that seems like the most fair way to have sex. I agree with you and also (laughs) no. Uh, can you can you go right from the start and talk about tops and bottoms though? And the sort of dynamic around that sort of thing as well? Yep. So the 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 labels top and bottom and the reason why we've been using them really since about the 70s is it is more about the traditional relationship to power roles during sex. It's actually stripped from the straight community. So long before we had uh, any idea about sexuality, before we talked about homosexuality, we would label people back in the Roman times by whether or not they were passive or if they were more of an playing an aggressive role. Mm-hmm. And over time, those words just shifted to top, meaning that you were the more aggressive one, and bottom meaning more passive. You were either mm. in a receiving role or a giving role. And that had nothing to do with, it wasn't just men. We use those labels for anyone. Mm-hmm. And that meant back in Roman times that if men were sleeping with both men and women, they were still the aggressor. They were still the top. And over time, what's happened, strangely, is we've lost those roles and definitions for straight people and the gay community has grabbed a hold of it. It doesn't mean that straight 
lesbians don't use those labels. In fact, they do. It's just a different way to kind of like hold on to what is that role that you play in that specific relationship. The problem with that is, like all labels, is that often left people feeling left out. Mm. So if you weren't a top, you weren't in that aggressor kind of uh giving position and you weren't a bottom, you didn't enjoy those two things. There are many people, you've probably heard the, the label asexual before, people who don't like to have sex. Well, there's these people who do enjoy romantic and physical connections, but don't want to play in either of those positions. They, it's not about laying on the side. It's just that they don't want to have penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. And so this label gives them power. And so for me, it's interesting to kind of track back all the way back to through human history and go, how did we get here? And all along, have we been leaving people out? And I think you both know the answer is, of course we are. We're leaving people Mm -hmm. out who might not feel comfortable uh, in those two positions. Does it finish its side? Is the is the the roles and labels finishing there? Can you see any opportunities for anything else or Mm. uh, different groups there, Sean? That's a really good question because I think anyone who is not a member of the community probably finds a lot of the labels and the words that are discussed around queer people to be intense. There's a lot of them and they pop up. There's a bunch of new ones all the time. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sexual orientation and sexuality, I don't know that I can answer whether or not more words will come. But what I can say is there is only two, posi- you are either receiving or taking, or you're, you're, you're either one or the other. Side means you don't want to, and asexual means you're not interested in having it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine, uh, and then verse means that you're interested in both. And those are probably the labels, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine them stretching past that. Well, I'm also interested, I mean, discussing sexuality, but then moving on to gender discussions. In mm. um, your queer question number four for the, uh, for the episodes you've been doing is, you know, can you be non-binary and straight? Oh, yes. So let's discuss first definitions of non-binary and and why this is even like, I don't quite understand the dilemma here. So we get a lot of questions, a lot of questions to our email and to our DMs about non-binary issues. It is what I think is fair to say a hot topic, not just Mm -hmm. in the community, but globally. It feels very new to a lot of people, even though there have been non-binary people living throughout all of documented history, including in Aboriginal Australia. And so it's new, it's fresh, and therefore there are a lot of questions. People are exploring uh, their gender expression. Non-binary is hard to define because it's a little different for everyone, but I think broadly it's safe to say it's someone who doesn't feel comfortable labeling themselves as either a man or a woman. They either feel like they're both or neither. Mm-hmm. And so if, you're com- if, you- if someone has come out to you as non-binary, if you work with someone who's non-binary, if you go onto Instagram and you see a label of a pronoun and you see someone with they, them, of course, it's natural. We're humans. We want to understand as much as we can. <laughs> so one of the questions I got in my DM was, I know a straight person who has they, them pronouns. I thought they, them pronouns were a gay thing. And so I was like, well, we got to answer them then. Yep. This is a completely... A question that people should be allowed to ask and and something I should be able to answer both intellectually and empathetically. Absolutely. Okay. And what was the answer you, you Yeah, came what to? is the answer? Can can non-binary people can you be non-binary and straight? Sexual orientation, which is gay, straight, bisexual, um, gender identity, male, female, non-binary, preferences. I like to wear a dress, I like to pull my hair back, I like to wear makeup are three completely separate things. I think a lot of us feel comfortable with two of those. A lot of us know a straight guy who's a little feminine, but he's still straight. He likes women. He just, you know, 
likes to wear a little more feminine clothes and we feel a little more comfortable with that. When it comes to pronouns, we're just, it feels new. The, the truth is there are people who do not identify as uh, a man who are expressively attracted to women. By society, they are straight in every way and they consider themselves straight. But their relationship inside, how they feel, is that they are not a man. And so, yeah, you can 100% be non-binary. You don't fit into that binary. It doesn't make sense to you. You don't like labels, so maybe you might be non-binary. And you can be just attracted to one gender. You can be any sexuality and be non-binary. It's really great to see that um, now that it's talked about more, now that the people are coming out and being able to say their own experiences, it is really opening it up to people, like talking to friends who are now sort of saying, wait, this has been an option for me? <laughs> like, over exactly. years, I haven't felt totally comfortable for a long time. And so are you finding there's a bit more, I guess, it's, as you say, it's been going for a long time in many different cultures, but now... Mm the people are aware of this there's not so not so much there's more non-binary people but more people are comfortable as labeling themselves as that i'm so happy that you said it that way because i couldn't have said it better the rea- the reality of the lived experience of someone who's non-binary and for the record i am not that i um so i'm just speaking on behalf of the community but i've interviewed enough that i feel like i can is that the number one thing they hear, and it's usually from religious right, but I won't just say that that's the only group of people who um, will say this to them, is this is a fad. This is a hot flash in the pan. You want attention. You like to rebel. Well, it's the gay agenda, isn't it? To try and recruit as many people as possible. There you go. Fact. But (laughs) when I was a kid growing up in the religion, I was Roman Catholic. When I was a kid, I heard around my church that being gay was a fad. It was the hot new thing that everyone was doing. And it was just a, people were just experimenting with it because they were rebellious. It didn't matter that we had proof that through all the documented history, there were gay people. Anytime we don't understand something, we just like to call it a trend. But you're right. The truth is when we look back through documented history of any culture, we find gray areas uh, in the way that they describe people in Native America, in Canada, in in in, in Australia um, with uh, what is the damn I forget okay. what they call it here in Australia it's a lady girl I think and a brother boy there you go and so we, we know that they have existed and we know that they've been written about and we've just kind of lost their history and to your point there have been people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years who have lived on earth and gone I know I'm a I was born with a penis but I do not feel like all the rest of the guys and I don't know what I can do about that. There were, mm. There's nothing for me to grab onto. So when I hear people say it's just a flash in the pan or just a trend, I'm like, if that serves you to think that, cool. Like, that's fine for you to think it. But just, it doesn't actually matter what you think. Let's talk about the people who have found words that make them feel better about being a human. The people who found a term and it's like, you know what? It's called gender euphoria. They finally feel connected to who they are on earth. And to be honest, it's not my lived experience, but if it makes you happy, I do not care. And that's how I think everyone should think about it. And it seems like it's, it's you know, not a podcast exclusively for the LGBTQI plus community, but people who are just curious and who want to be able to have more informed conversations with their friends or coworkers. It sounds like something that they can write in questions and find out a little bit more as well. 
100%. I would say 80% of the messages we get are from straight people. And they just want to learn more. They just want to be better parents, better friends, better colleagues. That's why we introduced Queer Questions each Friday. Because Wednesday felt like maybe it was a show that was tailored to queer people. Friday is an opportunity for you to go. If you're confused, if you are if you don't understand something, maybe you're set in your ways and you're angry, you message me and I'll do an episode to try to answer your question. Brilliant stuff. Well, it's an incredible series. Thank you so much, Sean. Listen to Come Out Wherever You Are. It's available on Listen to Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And hopefully... We'll chat to you again when season five rolls around. There we go. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, it's time for the segment where our minds are roadrunner. And Matt O'Kine is Wiley Coyote with the Acme TNT. That's right, we're doing... Mind Blown. Yeah, we're taking it to the sky in today's Mind Blown, having a look at airplane food, because it's a <laughs> phenomenon, Alex Dyson, that has no, that's been... bottom blown. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's a phenomenon that people have... Comedians since the 80s yep. have uh, roasted... The old um, airplane food, which is, I wish I could say the same about the actual airplane food (laughs) instead of the old microwave action. But it is something that always a lot of people have opinions of, Mm -hmm. and you always hear interesting facts and myths and theories about airplane food. But one of the things that I read most recently about airplane food revolves around tomato juice. Now, is there a worse juice? I, I don't think that there is. Is there a worse juice? I mean, I, not an intentional juice. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the drippings from a taco is probably the grossest juice. What? No, that's a better juice than tomato juice. Yeah, but you're not going to drink it on ice with a straw. No. Yeah. You know, but people really get into t- tomato juice and they get into tomato juice, especially on planes. Really? Yeah. Now, I didn't realize this either, but internationally, it's a really big thing. I know at hotels, you go along to there, like every now and again, there's a breakfast, you go along and you're like, what? who is having a glass of tomato <laughs> juice here at the for a morning? I remember my dad used to have a bit of tomato juice in the mornings every now and then. I, I, could, I could not go near it. But, um, but, you know, each to their own. But the thing about tomato juices in, in, on planes is what I realized is internationally, it's very popular, okay? Uh, the German airline Lufthansa uh, did some research, found out they were selling 53,000 gallons of tomato juice a year. People were ripping in. In America, it's huge. The United, United Airlines said that they were going to ditch tomato juice. Outrage, Ugh. right? So much that they had to do a U-turn. People are drinking tomato juice on planes, and it's for two reasons, right? One of the reasons that scientists or researchers sort of suspect is it because once a community starts doing something, right, everyone around them picks up on it and starts following. For instance, so if you're what, sitting next to someone with a tomato juice, you might go, "That looks all right. I'm going to have exactly. one." Exactly, and you go, <laughs> "Why is everyone here drinking tomato juice? Why is everyone uh, drinking tomato juice?" So, for instance. It becomes a tradition, as stated in The Guardian, how many people do you see eating hot dogs at a baseball game? Mm. Or what food do you eat at cinemas? I tell you what, I would... Popcorn! Dad used to say to me, oh, would you jump off a cliff if Barnaby (laughs) did it first? I'd probably prefer to jump off a cliff after someone than drink (laughs) tomato juice after someone. Well, look, it's weird that everyone eats popcorn at cinemas, right? It just... 
somehow it has, it's become the food of choice. It could be chips, but we don't eat chips. We eat popcorn at cinemas. And people drink tomato juice internationally on planes. I went to the movies with Bron the other day. Um, Bron's Did you in sneak in a bag? Bron, you, you were there. We saw the little... It was the premiere. They, they confiscated our phones and then mm. played the first Avatar again. Like, yeah. it, like the <laughs> second one's coming out in... Uh, it's like 12 out, years old or something. Coming out in December. <laughs> so we went in... We watched the first one, but we had to put our phones in this little <laughs> compartment, bro. Yeah, it's like a little pocket thing. And I had the because ur- I'm a phone checker, unfortunately, and I had the urge so many times in the movie to be like, I wonder what time it is. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. It was really torturous. But it was one of those, because they, one of those little premiere or whatever things, they had the little popcorn tubs on the seats as you went in, downed three of them. Oh, <laughs> I don't blame you, mate. Because there were like some spare seats next to me, so I had mine. Had the one next to me and had one on the other side as well, other side of Bron. I had had your free seats, Bron. So. Mate, yeah, they're like hot shower. You just keep going until it's over, <laughs> until it runs out. But look, here's the fact. Oh, we haven't even got to the fact yet. We haven't yet. got to the fact yet, mate. I thought it was the how many gallons the Germans. You're telling me about your movie premiere and stuff like that? I'm trying to detonate people's minds here, bro. All right, well, you hit it, mate. Okay, so researchers found, okay, that the even the sound of the engines, right, exposed to the loud noises like jet engines dulls the sweet flavors in your ta- in your taste buds, but intensify the umami taste, which is present in tomato juice. So not only does your tongue swell and your taste buds basically halve, so that your ability to taste things lessens. But the sound of the engines also takes away your sweet taste receptors and it brings open flavors like tomato juice, hence why around the world tomato juice is quite popular on planes. Oh, see, and even with that explosion, I thought I could do some tomato juice. Goodness it's nice mate. and loud in my ears. Well, we love hearing your mind blowns as well. So uh, whip out your phone and record your voice so you can tell us in person. Matt.n.alex on Instagram or pop it through to mattandalex.com.au. And today's mind blown is from Bill. Hey, Maddie, have a mind blowing fact for you. In the US, Alaska is the US state that is the most northern point, the most western point, and technically the most eastern point as the tail of Alaska stretches so far west that it ends up partially in the Eastern Hemisphere. Mind blown. Oh. Mind blown. Oh. blown. Love that, Bill. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> On all sides. Uh, that's pretty good, hey. Yeah, the little tail of islands that swings out right underneath Russia. What's the most eastern point in the United States? It is... Alaska. Amazing stuff. <laughs> the near islands. Atu Station, I'm guessing. Um, well, there you go. Incredible stuff. Thank you very much, Bill. We always love hearing from you listening as well, so please keep in touch with us at matt.and.alex if you've got a fact. Otherwise, get in touch on the website, mattandalex.com.au. Well, Matt, thank you for a very, very big mind blown, and thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today, and thank you to, for Matt, to Mason Cox, who literally was walking past the studio as I was about to tell Matt about the Collingwood Football Club. That is one of the most bizarre coincidences I've had in a long time, Matt. Yeah, that's your own little mind-blown moment. So thank you very much to Mason, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then, bye-bye.
That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.